You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to Overcome the Overwhelm. I just want to say, before we dive in, that we made it. We survived the holidays. (laughs) You survived the holidays. You made it through, and you did a good job. I did a good job. You did a good job. We made it. We're on the other side. If you're listening to this when it comes out, it is the first week of January. This is always a time of year about like reflection and growth and goals and really just, you know, New Year's resolution, all of that, which is, let's be honest, it's a life coach's dream. (laughs) And that's just, I love it. But fun fact, I hate New Year's resolutions. I think they're a load of bull. And I have a reason for this, okay? Because New Year's resolutions, I just, you know, anytime I would ever set them, they just were always forgotten by like February or even like January 15th. They never happened. You never hear somebody talking about a New Year's resolution in October. And I now know (laughs) why this happens. Because, uh, you know, what I do in this line of work, there is a lot of study and research and just like learning about goals and how to achieve them and things like that, things of that nature. And the reason that New Year's resolutions just don't last and why they never end up being accomplished is because people try to make too many changes, too big of changes, and they don't factor in their just day-to-day life. They don't factor in how they've been doing things, and they just try to change too many things all at once. So you always hear about like the weight loss goal, the New Year's resolution to lose weight. So you're going to start exercising. You're going to not eat any junk food. You're going to eat only healthy foods and you're going to eat lean protein and all these vegetables. You're going to completely change your way of life. And then the first week, the first bad week where something goes wrong, your kid gets the flu, you have to stay late at work, whatever it is. Something big happens. Something crazy happens. Life happens. Something gets thrown your way. Guess what? You're like, well, shoot, I I can't I can't have a salad for dinner tonight. Guess I'll just drive through McDonald's uh, drive through and well, there goes my New Year's resolution. Guess that's over. So then people give up. So what I like to do instead is have a word of the year, but it's more about a priority. It's more about a focus. And for my ADHD brain, this is a perfect perfect solution (laughs) for how, you know, I'm not going to remember a list of goals. I'm not going to remember this whole like thing that I'm supposed to be doing. No, but I can remember a word or I can remember a phrase of a couple words. And over the past few years, I have done that word of the year or a phrase of the year, or sometimes it's even just kind of an idea, like a just kind of a general concept for the year. I've done rest. I have done spending more time outdoors and in nature. I have done presence, like to really be present and live in the moment. I have done memories. That was a really fun one. 
a year of memories and just really making those memories, which included going on adventures and going on vacations, really just being present during those things throughout the year. So this year, though, on creating my word of the year has been a little bit more of a challenge. It wasn't just like an automatic thing. In the past years, you know, years in the past year, I have just kind of known what I wanted to do. And this year, I didn't have something just readily available. And so in this episode, I want to share with you guys what my word of the year is, why I picked it, and also want to share my exact process of how I finally came upon it. Because I think this is something that can really help you. And this doesn't have to be, if you're listening to this, oh shoot, it's not coming out on January 1st or last week of December. It's already in January. We're already in 2024. Or maybe you're listening to this on, you know, February 1st or January, or sorry, July 7th, (laughs) whatever time of year it is that you happen upon this episode, you can still pick a word of the year. You don't have to wait for January 1. You don't have to say, oh, no, well, it's too late. Your brain is going to want to do that because that's the easy thing to do. Our brains don't want to put any effort into anything because that's just, you know, we need to reserve our energy for survival. (laughs) And that is really a survival mechanism. Did you know that? Is to just not do hard things. (laughs) So I challenge you to recognize if your brain says, ah, it's not January 1. I can't do it. It's too late. No, you can do this any day, any time, no matter what point of the year it is in. So my word of the year, guys, I finally landed. I had a few contenders but I finally landed on enough. And I'm really happy with this. I really have always struggled with perfectionism and feeling like I'm not enough. So I've become a people pleaser and a perfectionist. And, you know, if you've listened for a while, then you've heard me talk about this, about how how perfectionism isn't about wanting things to be perfect. It has nothing to do with that. Perfectionism is feeling like your best is everyone else's, you know, mediocre. It's feeling like you are not enough. So I picked this word, enough, because I really, I've been working towards getting rid of this perfectionism, right? I don't know, sure if you can ever get rid of it, but you can become very aware of it and kind of stop it in its tracks. And you could do things to actively decrease your perfectionist tendencies. Uh, you know, I always joke on here on the podcast that I'm a recovering perfectionist. And I think that is part of that ADHD brain. And you also can throw in the, you know, the ADHD tendency to always feel like people are rejecting you. It's like a rejection sensitivity dysphoria or something like that. And I have that very strongly, but I am highly aware of it when it's happening. And sometimes that's all we can do. Sometimes only thing we can do is when we are scared or we have self-doubts and we fear that we are not good enough, sometimes the only thing we can do is just do it anyways. Do it scared. I don't think fearlessness is even an option. Fearlessness doesn't exist. We can never get rid of fear. But we can move through the fear despite it. And so I am enough. That was really just what I wanted to encompass this year is just really focusing on the fact that people like me for me and that no matter how I show up, it's good enough. 
if I post an Instagram post or something to Facebook or whatever it is, content-wise, and it has typo in it, guess what? It doesn't matter. Because if even just one person read that post and was like, oh my gosh, yes, I needed to hear that today, then guess what? That typo really does not freaking matter. Because it's not about the typo. It's not about my spelling. It's about the words that I am sharing with you. If my sound quality here on the podcast is not stellar, guess what? doesn't matter because someone needs to hear my words. We can't let things hold us back just because we think they're not good enough. Because what we have to say is important. What I have to put out there is important. And it's not just about work and content creation by any means. <laughs> I actually want to tell you a story of how part of how this came about. So I have wanted to change my kitchen and wanted to redo my kitchen for eight years now. Since the day I moved in, I'm like, I will not live a single day in this house with these blue countertops. And whenever I say my countertops are blue, I mean blue. So do you know the painter's tape that you use to tape off edges, that really blue tape? That is the exact same color as my kitchen countertops. They are like the laminate, cheap, ugly, and they clash horribly with the really dingy, yellowy, oh, just, oh gosh, it's a hot mess, honey oak cabinets with these like cream-colored plastic knobs. That is my kitchen, y'all. It is not, it is, oh God, it was ugly. And so for eight years, I have wanted to change it. But a brand new kitchen costs $50,000. I just don't have $50,000 laying around. So my only option really is to kind of DIY my kitchen. And I have been in the process of DIYing my kitchen and redoing it for probably five years now. Yeah, five years. I have not done a single thing up until recently, but that's, hang on, we'll get to that part. <laughs> but I have bought countertop paint. I have pinned, I don't know how many different things to my Pinterest board, all these different things, right? It's changed a million different times and I've never got started on just actually doing the work of changing my kitchen. I hate my kitchen, <laughs> but I never did anything to change it. And I finally got clear on why that is this year. So this is recent, like this is literally probably since November that I was finally like, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what the change is. Anything is better than what it currently is. Because what was holding me back from actually making changes to my kitchen was the fear that I was going to ruin it. The fear that I wasn't going to do it well enough because I am not a DIYer. I'm not a painter. I'm not, I don't know how to use tools. I don't know how to do all of those like home repair things. I barely know how to use a screwdriver. Okay. I could probably count before this year, I could count on my hand how many times I've used a screwdriver. Most of those were probably on toys to get the batteries out. So all of this fear of doing it wrong of not being good enough or like thinking, oh, I'm going to mess it up. All of that kept me from ever making changes until I finally decided, I finally kind of wrapped my head around anything, any sort of change to my kitchen is better than what it currently is. Something is better than nothing because I was letting that hold me back from doing anything. 
So I finally just made the decision. Okay, I bought the stuff, ordered off Amazon after watching some YouTube videos, and I just made a decision. I said, okay, I'm going to do this to the cabinets. I'm going to do this to the countertops. And if you care to know, I decided to do like a bry wax, which is like a furniture wax thing. I don't know, to the cabinets. I love wood cabinets, just not the wood cabinets I had. <laughs> so I got this like furniture wax that goes over top of the current stain. Amazing. Didn't have to sand anything. And I decided on some new knobs and some new hardware. And I bought some appliance paint to paint my laminate countertops. Because even replacing laminate countertops is going to be expensive. I don't know. Whatever. So I bought this white appliance paint after watching a couple YouTube videos, seeing how it looked and seeing that it was really sturdy and durable. And I just got to work. I didn't wait for my husband, who was better at these things. I didn't wait for him to do it for me. I didn't wait until I knew more or watched more videos, or, you know, maybe I did this practice project over here on something smaller. No, I just started. And I said, you know what? Anything, any sort of change is better than what it is. And that kept me going through the fear of doing it wrong. And I stained the kitchen counters or cabinets, and I have halfway through painting my countertops, and I replaced the hardware the little knobs on all my on all my cabinet doors all by myself. I had to use a screwdriver and I figured it out. And I was so proud of myself for figuring it out. I actually called my husband. I sent him a picture of it and I called him and I said, I figured it out. I changed the kitchen cabinet knobs. I figured it out. It was super freaking easy, guys. It was the simplest thing. You literally just screw something and then you screw it back in. Like it would, but just... I had this whole grand idea that I couldn't do it. I didn't trust myself to be able to do these things. So I never tried. I let that fear hold me back. And I was so proud of changing one kitchen cabinet knob that, I mean, it was life-changing. <laughs> and this process has really taught me that I am capable. I can trust myself. That I can't let that self-doubt get in the way. And that is why I landed on enough. Because I am enough. Right? Good enough. My good enough is actually good enough. I'm going to talk more about that here in a little bit. I want to talk about the process of how I landed on this word. Because like I said, it wasn't just clear. And I'm going to give you guys a list of questions that you can answer yourself. And I highly recommend writing down the answers. Get your little journal, your little notebook, do it on your laptop or on the notes app of your phone, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But just actually write down the answers to these questions. You can see them clearly and they will give you an idea of what your word of the year can be. And these questions are the exact questions I myself reflected on and journaled on that got me to my word of enough. The first one is, what did you love about last year? So what did I love about 2023? And that is where I got the answer of my kitchen. So I loved the process. I loved the accomplishment and the pride that I felt. I loved what I learned from it because I learned that I can trust myself. And I learned to kind of just Sometimes you have to have that self-doubt and that fear, and you have to just do the thing anyways. And I've caught myself, whenever I really think about my 2023, 
I let a lot of fear and self-doubt get in the way. I let it get in the way of me showing up for my people, for the people I help. I let it get in the way of building friendships and relationships because I was scared. I just, I let my own fear and self-doubt get in the way of life in a lot of areas. And so that was kind of the answer of so the first question, you know, what do you love about last year? And the second question is, what would you like to change about last year? And that's where I got that. I want to no longer be kind of a, a prisoner to that self-doubt and that fear. I'm just going to do the thing anyways. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm scared. Deep breath. Let's do it anyways. So your third question, and I'm going to write all these down in the show notes. I don't know if I already said that or not, but I'm going to write all of these down in the show notes for you. So you can just pop that up and about this episode, and they'll be right there for you. But the third question to answer for yourself is, what do you want to have more of in your life? Now, your word of the year may not be enough. Maybe your word of the year is something like rest. That was such a good word, because I know I wanted rest or, or healing. Maybe you just want to take a year and heal. We have gone through a lot as special needs parents, especially in the last three years. I don't think that we have all really come to terms with how much of our lives have changed due to 2020 and the pandemic. And maybe this year you just want to allow yourself to just rest and breathe and catch up, catch your breath and heal that trauma that came out of, you know, two plus years of our lives being turned upside down. Or even just your life of, you know, if you're a special needs parent, just your life being turned upside down from your child's illness or your child's disabilities or diagnosis. What do you want to have more of in your life? Maybe you want to have more financial success. And maybe you want to build a business. Maybe you want to have freedom. And you're like, you know what? I want to finally do the thing. I've been scared to start this Etsy business or to do this thing over here. You know, all these different things, right? Start a farm. <laughs> Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. <laughs> but what do you want to have more of in your life? Do you want to have more energy? Do you want to have more connection with your family? Do you want to have more love? Maybe you want to really focus on your marriage and just your relationships, that one is going to be a really good one, a really big key in what you want. Now, also, you can use, if you did the exercise from episode 112, so just a couple back with the five things, the five priorities of our lives, right? Oh, that's such a powerful, ex such a powerful exercise. But if you did that, you can take your answers from that and really use them in this exercise directly. It goes beautifully together. Maybe that was on purpose. You'll never know. <laughs> the next question is, how do you want to feel about the upcoming year once it's done? So imagine it is the end of 2024. It is December. Your year is wrapping up. What are the thoughts? What do you want to say? Like, man, this year, I fill in the blank. How do you want to feel about the year 2024? The next question, what are some things you love or you're passionate about? What really gets you just energized? What gives you energy? What lights you up? What puts a smile on your face? What could you get lost in for hours? What is your passion? The next question is, what are some things you should let go of in 2024? 
Maybe it's letting go of perfectionism. Maybe it's letting go of shame or letting go of mom guilt and feeling like you are not a good enough mom. You're never doing the right things. Maybe it is letting go of this resentment you hold towards something. Maybe it's letting go of this idea that life shouldn't be the way it's turned out to be. Maybe it's letting go of the doubt you have for yourself or letting go of trying to endlessly meet other people's expectations or your own inner self-set expectations, these high, unrealistic ones. What are you going to let go of this year? Now, also, what would you like to change about yourself in the upcoming year? What do you want to be different about yourself by the end of 2024? What do you want to accomplish there internally? And the last one, this is a big one. And again, tie it back to that exercise from episode 112. What is your number one priority for the upcoming year? Is it making sure your child is getting every service and everything that they need to be successful, right? And so maybe your word is advocacy. Maybe your word is acceptance. Maybe you want to really focus on accepting your child's diagnosis and accepting the way things are. What is your number one priority for the upcoming year? Take a look at your priorities that you did from that episode and say, what do I need to change in order to make these priorities come to fruition? So if you answer all these questions, you'll kind of start to see some themes. And not not in all of them. They may not all go together. I know whenever I did this exercise, they were kind of, I'm like, well, that one doesn't have anything to do with enoughness. The answer on that one. But, you know, some of these other ones do. And you'll, you'll feel like you'll get some ideas some things will come up. And from that, write down some words that might embody your answers. Kind of do some brainstorming. It might be helpful to look up Google, you know, word of the year ideas. There are so many lists and so much just information out there for this and ideas. You can even get on TikTok and you can find videos of what other people are doing, but don't go too far into it. Don't look too much into it. Just think of a few. Just write down three that you're like, yes, these are some potential ideas. And I want you to pick your top one from those three. You're going to do this for each one. But I want you to just try to write some like affirmations around that word and really see how it fits you and how it fits into your life. And does it really match what you want to be different this year? So, for example, with my word of enough, I wrote down some affirmations that really I feel like can help me embody this in a few different ways. Now, affirmations, side note, I don't love affirmations. I don't. I'm a life coach that doesn't like affirmations <laughs> because I don't believe in affirmations that don't really come with belief. Let me just rephrase that. I think a lot of times people try to have affirmations that their brains are not quite ready for. Affirmations that actually work are going to be things that are believable to you. Just one step forward from where you're currently at. So for the word enough, I wrote down, I am enough just as I am. People like me for my flaws, not despite them. This one's probably my favorite. Good enough 
is actually good enough. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to strive for just this like absolute amazing quality and everything that I put out there because that striving to be better is what holds me back and prevents me from doing anything. Just like the kitchen cabinets. I was like, I will just keep, you know, I'm not good enough yet. And like, I'm just going to keep striving for something that is a perfect answer. But that kept me from ever doing any of it for years. Don't let fear hold you back. <laughs> the next affirmation I have is, is no more holding back out of fear and not being good enough. So I'm not going to let myself hold myself back. So those are my affirmations. And what lands for me may not land for you. Probably will not land for you because everybody's different. Everybody's level of level of belief and where they are ready and you know what they're ready to believe and think is going to be different. So see what you can come up with. If you need help on this, if you're like, hey, these this is my word, but I can't come up with any affirmations for this. This is kind of what I'm thinking I want to embody. Send me a message. If you want help coming up with some affirmation ideas, I can't come up with them for you. It is highly personal on what's going to work for you. But I can definitely help you brainstorm. So feel free. Message me. Send me a message on Facebook. Send me a message on Instagram. I love to hear from you guys. Sometimes it takes me a couple days to get back to everybody whenever I throw something out there like this. But guess what? Like I have not forgot about you. I am not ignoring you. I just got to get through everybody, right? And But I love offering that help. And I think that this is such an easy way that I can really be of service to you and give you just a little extra, little extra help and boost. And yes, make this a fun exercise. So for each word, come up with like three or four affirmations to support it. And I think that whenever you do that part, you're really, it's going to be clear what your word needs to be. It's going to be like, yes, that is it. Whenever you land on it, you're like, that's it. If not. If you're like, nope, all three, I still don't know. Guess what? Pick one. Doesn't matter. Drop the, oh, there needs to be some perfect. If there is not one that is blaringly obvious, the one you want to do, just pick one. They're all equally good. Okay? So whenever you pick one and you have those affirmations, your next step is that you are going to put these affirmations where you come across them all the time, throughout the year, not just in the month of January. Go into Canva, canva.com. I'm pretty sure they have free, you know, free account on that. Create a wallpaper for your phone with your favorite affirmation out of that or all of them on that. Something that every time you open your phone, it is right there. Put this on a whiteboard that you have in your office or a sticky note that's on your computer. Write it on your bathroom mirror. Put it somewhere where you will come across it kind of in the day-to-day. Maybe it's even just like once a week if you do like a weekly or like a, a morning reflection or journaling or anything like that. Once a week, look at them and rewrite them. Do you have your paper in your journal? Maybe it's, you know, kind of bookmarked and you just go through and you're going to rewrite them. So it reminds your brain so much more than just reading them again because it's like reinstates them into your brain. <laughs> <laughs> and just going through that process. Do something that reminds you of your word throughout the year. And as you're going along, find ways, just little. Don't overdo it. We're not going to do the New Year's resolution thing, right? Where we do it too big, too grandiose, and we're like, can't do that. Find little ways 
So for example, with mine, if I have a post, a social media post, it's just a, such an easy, concrete example. If I have it and I'm like, ah, it's just not quite perfect. I need to keep revising it. No, I'm going to stop myself and I'm going to put it out exactly how it is. I'm not going to revise it and revise it and revise it to the point of just like, I'm like, ah, screw it. It's not good enough. I can't post it. No, I'm just going to write it out and bada bing, bada boom, post, done. In that might be uncomfortable for me, but that's okay because I'm going to do it scared. I'm going to say, whew, get your brave face on and you're going to post it. <laughs> I make it sound like it's such a big deal, but it's, it's not. But it's just those little ways. I can commit to that. Yes, it's scary, but it's not big scary, right? I can commit to that. I can commit to saying, you know what? It's scary to go out in public without makeup on. Ah, right? I feel like my face just doesn't look good enough. My skin is not good enough. It's really red. I've got bags under my eyes. I'm not pretty enough to go into public without makeup. Someone might see me that knows me. Then what are they going to think of me? <laughs> We're going to drop that. Guess what? We're going to go out into public without makeup on whenever I want. Because I am enough just as I am, flaws included, not despite them. Maybe someone will see me that knows me and they're like, oh, thank God. She has, she has kind of a red face too. I feel, I feel connected. I feel, I feel like I can really relate to her. Right? We never know what someone is going to relate to our flaws and feel connected to us because of our flaws. We never know. So sometimes you just have to kind of put yourself out there as you are. But that is an easy way that I can kind of challenge myself to add this word into my life throughout the year. So find little ways, little simple things you can do. If your word is rest, then really point out to yourself like every single day or once a week or whatever feels comfortable for you. Whenever you have that, you know, chatter in your brain that says, no, you need to get up and vacuum and or you need to go do this or you need to fold laundry, whatever. Right. And just say, ah, no, my word of the year is rest. Instead, I'm going to sit down on the couch and I'm just going to relax for a minute instead even if it's just for five or 10 minutes. But find ways to challenge yourself to do your word and to embody it and really live it. Doesn't have to be grand. Doesn't have to be big. Just small little sprinkles throughout the months. The year that I wanted to spend as much time outside as possible, I wanted to spend more time in the sunshine and out in nature, I would remember that anytime you know, my husband's like, oh, do you want to come out and feed cows with me? Even if it was freaking just cold, <laughs> just like 20 degrees, that's cold for me, okay? If you live up north and you're like, that's warm, Lauren. No, listen, this is Fahrenheit. So if you're in Europe, listen, okay? <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> if you would say that and like, he didn't need help. He just invited me to come out there. If my word of the year, my idea of the year, I guess back then, was not to spend more time outside, I would have said, no, I will stay inside under the blankets, please and thank you. I would not have gone out there. I would not have done that for myself, even though I feel so good. The more time I spend outside, the better I feel. That is what I learned from that year so deeply. I don't know what it is about my my makeup and my, like, you know, my genetic makeup, I mean, or like my physical being, but I need time outdoors. 
And so I would be like, ah, no, that's my goal is to spend more time outside. That is my my thing, my intention of the year. And so I would say yes. And I'd bundle myself up and I would go outside and I would feel so proud of myself and so happy that I did it. Because, you know, I said that our brains don't like doing the easy things. And it's not easy to get all bundled up and go out into the freezing cold and help feed cows and break ice and put out hay. That's not easy. But you feel good afterwards. Much better than just sitting around doing nothing. Not whatever, you know, gets in the way of rest. Those are two different things. (laughs) It was something I enjoyed, though. You know, and so it's just finding those little ways throughout your day. And your word will challenge you to do more of it. So. Pick your word of the year. Like I said, you're more than welcome to send me a message. We can bounce ideas for your affirmations or I can help you through it however you want. And I would love to help you. I'd love to hear what your word is going to be too. So let's share them. You can even share them on social media and tag me in it. I would love that. It'd be amazing. Let's share it so that way other people see it and other people can come listen to this podcast and maybe they will get inspired to not make a new year's resolution and instead do this (laughs) all right guys i hope you have a wonderful start to your 2024 and i will talk to you next week bye thanks for joining me on today's episode of overcome the overwhelm if you have questions or like more information head on over to lowrylifecoaching.com and i'll see you next week